Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. I am producer Ross. I am back in the host chair. I want to say thank you to Colin for hosting last week. Colin, you did a splendid job. No problem. And uh, also joining me tonight is Greg. Evening. I don't know where the rest of the guys are. They've just not bothered turning up. Layabouts. Um, how's your week been, guys? Good? Good. Good. A little bit hectic. Yeah. Um, just in the early stages of a uh, house move. Oh. So... Uh, with a young child. Well, yeah, with a two-year-old boy and uh, a seven-week-old daughter as well. So, uh, t- time that well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you're a lunatic, Colin. And uh, Greg's been witnessing football violence today, haven't you, Greg? Oh, yeah, um, but that's standard in Gosport. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, let's talk about a higher level of football, then, shall we? Let's kick off with some Champions League football. Um, Celtic, they crashed out of the Champions League. That's the headline from the BBC website. They lost 3-0 to AC Milan at Celtic. Uh, goals from Kaká, Zapata and Balotelli. Colin, that's the end for Celtic. Just the SPL this season then. Yeah, it's a, it is a bit of a disaster really for Celtic. I mean, not only the crash down and finished bottom of, bottom of their table in the Champions League uh, because of only securing one win against Ajax. Mm. They they can't even get into Europa now, yeah. and they're not able to make that uh, that third spot, which would uh, give them the Europa place. Um, so yeah, they're down to essentially cup competitions um, <laughs> in Scotland and uh, obviously the the S- Scottish Premiership. So yeah, disappointing for for Celtic, um, but they, they well not, not that it makes up for it, but they did bounce back. <laughs> yeah, they took the frustrations out on Hearts today, didn't they? Who were like a seven nil win. Yeah. Not Again, bad. that was a that was a cup competition, I think. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and it was at Hearts as well. Poor Hearts. Doesn't get any better for them this season. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the end for Celtic. Um, so we'll move on to a team that um, are probably going to qualify. Arsenal. They beat Marseille two nil. Um, two goals from Jack Wilshire. It's nice to see him back on the score sheet. Doesn't get enough goals, does he? No. He's that. But he's a bit annoyed that Ramsey's taken over his, his place yeah. really this year. So I'm still here, remember me. Uh, but they're not guaranteed a qualification yet, are they? No, you could. they could end up on 12 points and go out if something disastrous happens. That'd be a proper kick in the balls, wouldn't it? I think if Dortmund beat Mar- Marseille, which I think they probably will, yeah. and Napoli beat Arsenal by three goals, uh, four goals. Four goals, yeah. and Arsenal go out. <laughs> so it would it would take a bit of a disaster. I might put a, to come out. F- a fiver on uh, Napoli to win five 0 just yeah. in case. You never know. <laughs> but, lots of ramifications. Yeah, that group. Well, that should see them through anyway. Arsenal would would imagine uh, one team that are through, even though they lost. Uh, Chelsea. 
they lost 1-0 to FC Val away with a 87th minute winner from Salah. Um, they are through, aren't they? Even though yeah. Bala on seven points and Schalke are on eight. Chelsea are on nine. Not through then, are they? Uh, uh, the thing is, though, or is their um, goal difference. Goal difference makes it almost mathematically impossible because um, uh, Chelsea have uh, a, a better seven, a better goal difference by seven over over Baal. Oh yeah, um, and oh, a goal difference better than ten over Schalke. Uh, reverse two teams, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Schalke in second with one goal and Basel in third with minus two. It's not the strongest group, though. To be fair, is it that Chelsea got there? No, they're. Yeah, they've gone. They've, I'd say they're through. <laughs> Making a bold claim there. The team top of their group are going through. Uh, slightly more impressive. Uh, Man United, they won 5 0 away oh. at Bayer Leverkusen. They kind of, the first, they started off quite slowly and then they just sprung into action. Mm. And a lot of their creative players had very good days. Rooney got, I think, ended up with four assists. <laughs> um, Giggs was brilliant. K- um, Kagawa was fantastic in his preferred position. Who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah, play players where they, they want were, to play. Um, was some, just they, and they were very quick on the break. So they kind of soaked up a lot of pressure and then just stepped up when they got the ball and mm. moved the ball quickly. And they looked good. Yeah. Biggest win for an English side in Germany. Yeah, it's not ever. bad, is it? 5 0. They're, they're definitely through. And now it's between uh, Bayer and Shakhtar. Or the Chapter had a good win. There was a fantastic goal by Douglas Costa in that game. Mm. He really caught it. Yeah. It proper. It was a 4-0 at home to Sociedad. Yeah. That's a good result. Um, City. Now, Tom had us believe that Plezen were the better team in this, didn't he, during our, in our chat during the week. Uh, they finished 4-2 to Man City. Um, were Plezen the better team? First half, they gave a good account of themselves, but I think City, they stepped up a gear second half. Yeah. And even though they did um, fall behind again. Conceded two, didn't they? Joe Hart yeah. Neither of them were his fault, really. <laughs> oh. Let him off. <laughs> but yeah, another one from the Grado in midweek. And Dzeko, Nasri, Aguero, the options they've got. Worryingly good. Um, is there any point mentioned in the Europa League? Didn't. Did any of the English teams win? Tottenham won, didn't they? They won in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Wigan lost and Swansea lost as well, didn't they? No one's going to argue with me anyway, even yeah. if they didn't. No. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Premier League then. Shall we start at Goodison, where Stoke got absolutely picked apart by Everton? 4-0, final score. It was a good performance by Everton. It really was, wasn't it? It's shocking me because they won 4 0. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, they were some very good goals. Yeah. Especially the opener. Yeah, I can't pronounce his really? name. Jelufefeu? Jelufefeu. Yeah. He's some player. There's, I read somewhere that he's got a clause in his contract, on the loan contract from um, Barcelona, where if he sits on the bench, they have to pay Barcelona more. <laughs> And he's been sat on the bench for a lot of this season. Now, you have to wonder why they were paying this money to have such a talent on the bench. Yeah. He he just took Stoke apart midfield, just running it, and they just couldn't deal with it at all. I mean, he re- re- replaced Kevin Morales, who's not had a bad season, really. 
He, he was the best player on the pitch. Oh, yeah, by a long way. I think the best goal was um, Brian Oviedo's one from the corner with his weaker foot. Takes a touch with his left, knocks onto yeah, his right, and then right. right in the bottom corner, off the post. I do like to see goals going in off the post. But that's Everton. Uh, they're up to fourth now, I believe, are they? I know, into fifth after today's games. But level points with Liverpool. Seven points behind Arsenal, but Arsenal have had a fantastic start. Going pretty well. Let's move on to Arsenal anyway. They um, they won dirty, didn't they? So they just yeah. held tight for the first 80 minutes and then two late goals mm. against the side, pushing them forward. And it was that man Ramsey again. It's been a tricky place to go, Cardiff, this season, though. It's fair play to Arsenal. They've seen how yeah. City failed and Man United only managed a point. But yeah, two goals for Ramsey and one for Flamini. Lovely strike by Flamini. Yeah. I know it's crazy to say, but he's probably a better signing than Ozil because he's just given them some steel in that midfield. Because I think they've all kind of those two signings have allowed players like Ramsey and Wilshire to improve, mm. and it's kind of taken the pressure off them because last year they were having to do a lot of the uh, attacking. They pressing and yeah. movement forward, but then also they uh, there was a lot of defensive responsibility on their shoulders as well, and that's kind of released them. And we're seeing what good players they are. Yeah, world class it seems. Um, Colin Cardiff hovering just above the relegation zone there, thirteen points, three points ahead of Fulham. Well, well this 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 loss should uh, well will it not their confidence? I mean, Arsenal top of the table. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think where the position where Cardiff are, um, I think uh, a win could could elevate them into a very safe place. So it, yeah. it's early days. Um, my only concern, perhaps, for Cardiff would um, perhaps not necessarily be results and things like that. It's, it's still the situation with Malcolm Mackay. Um, yeah, everything's not rosy there, is it? No. And do you do you get the feeling sometimes that if 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 the chairman there, if the owner, um, finds an opportunity or a reason or an excuse perhaps uh, to remove Mackay, then then he might he might take that. And they are just hovering above the the relegation spot. And we've already seen what's happened to the three teams that are below them: yeah. Fulham, Sunderland, Palace. They've all changed their manager already. Yeah, Malky Mackay is in the football manager terms a bit insecure, I think, in his job yeah. at the minute. <laughs> If you're looking at job adverts, he's right at the top of the list. Um, let's go to uh, Norwich, Crystal Palace. We mentioned Crystal Palace there. Still bottom of the table, seven points. This was a, a terrible game of football, I thought, watching match of the day. It was two bang-average teams playing bang-average football. The the goal by Gary Hooper, was it only me who thought it was, sort of, was like slow-motion replay? Yeah. The way he just got the ball... <laughs> Not sure what to do. I'll move it on to my other foot. There we go. I'll hit it, <laughs> and, he, and he still had chance. He still, he still scored it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? I mean, from from my own personal point of view, um, as a Leeds fan, it was. I thought it was great to see Becchio get on the field. <laughs> yeah, he got. Um, a, they said on match today he got a huge huge cheer for uh, the comments he made in midweek about not getting any game time. That wasn't that cheer was for Amanda, who played really quite well up top for a lot of the game 
I don't think they're for Becchio. I don't think Norwich fans know who Becchio is. <laughs> well, he, he's played 14 minutes for the Mesny in a cup match. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if if people aren't aware of the story, um, he spoke to the Daily Mirror, and uh, he pretty much, well, in a nutshell, he said he was annoyed um, at being at Norwich. You know, if Hewton brought me here, why bring me here if he's not going to play me? Mm. Um, he described how he was a big player at Leeds, uh, and he's come here, and he's just, he knew it'd be hard to get a chance, but disappointed. And almost, it was a sort of come-and-get-me plea to, to teams. <laughs> to Leeds. But Hewton's uh, played him. So Yeah, he gave him seven minutes. <laughs> I should keep him happy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to um, Fulham then. Um, they made a f- fairly poor West Ham team look like world beaters. They made Colton, Colton Cole look like an <laughs> impact player. Yeah. I felt so sorry for um, my eager, who worked and worked and worked and didn't get a goal. And then Carlton Cole comes on and just knocks in a, a delicious ball from Stuart Downing into an empty net. He's, he's not scored for over a year now, my eager. He really deserved at least one yesterday. Fulham were just an absolute shambles, though. Front to back. And uh, Yarl has paid the price, hasn't he? Yeah. Thankfully, our manager sacked before we podcast for a change. It's, it's been coming for a long time, hasn't it? I think we said yeah. as soon as uh, Stein became was it head coach. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? Was. It's still a bit of a gamble, you know. With with Rennie Mullenstein, I think. Oh yeah, he's untested. He's, exactly, he had a little bit of time, didn't he, as Anzi? Mm. Uh, but that was literally days, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on. Never been a sort of bona fide manager before. Mm. Well, you no, know, you're forgetting his 13 day spell at Anzi <laughs> at the start of the season. It did go yeah. brilliantly. <laughs> I reckon he learned a lot there. <laughs> the, 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 the problem with Fulham is is that you, you've sacked the manager. Okay, Martin Yule's gone, and and the form was poor. But if you look at that Fulham team and you look at that display against West Ham, yeah, is that Martin Yule's fault? Is is putting a new guy in there going to make any difference? It might do. They might have that bounce back factor because you've got the new manager in. But mm. perhaps with Fulham, you think that it's more a case of the quality that, or the lack of quality that they've got on the pitch. Yeah, they've got Tottenham, Everton, Man City. It's three of their next four games. <laughs> it's going to be a tough December for them. They're already in the bottom three now as well. Yeah, they're going to struggle. And you hear some people as well saying, oh, well, you know, when you look at that Fulham team, it's only Scotty Parker who's giving it his all. Well, but that's just the way Scotty Parker plays. Yeah. He could be playing for a kids' team, and he'd, be, <laughs> he'd put that same sort of effort in. It's, the other players that Fulham have got, they're just not that type of player. No. I'm, sh- I'm sure they're giving it everything. Yeah, but it's just not in the way that Parker does, but running around looking like a nutcase. Exactly, exactly. Tell you what Fulham need. Michael Brown. He'd show up that midfield for them. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be able to catch anybody. <laughs> but <he'd... laughs> If you did, they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle continued their really good run. Uh, they're up into fifth yesterday, uh, down to six now, but there's some goals in this game. Sissoko and Chris Brunt with two absolute beautiful goals. And uh, Goufran again. Was it third three games in a row now he scored at St. James's Park? Not bad. Another header as well. Yeah. 
I don't know what uh, my heel was doing. He just kind of punched the ball straight up, up in the air. <laughs> and then stood there and watched. Uh, yeah, but good, good win for Newcastle. They keep mentioning it, the Frenchman scoring. 18 of 19 goals, and I think they've scored more goals than all the French teams by Lyon this season. But... And they're sixth as well, Newcastle. Just two points off third. Yeah. They're a... They've come out a fairly indifferent start to the season, but... Mm. Now they've kind of... Pardew's got them playing the way he wants again. And he's got the big players like Remy and Kabayi yeah. um, performing. I think Kabayi was a bit of a miss at the start of the season. Mm. Obviously with his transfer away to Newcastle, you know, a big talking point. But yeah, they're um, a difficult side for teams to go to, as a lot of found out. Mm. Yeah, they've got a lot of hard-working players in there as well. I know he didn't. I didn't. I know he didn't score today, but uh, Loic Remy has been a big difference for them as well this season. He's, he's just recently he's been on fire, mm. and and I think as well, um, you, you know, you can have a go at Mike Ashley as much as you want, but I think how, uh, if you take Arsene Wenger out of the equation, I think that Alan Pardew is the longest-serving manager in the Premier League. Yeah, is, after yeah. Wenger, probably in the whole of England, really. Three years, he's not, can't be far behind any of that are that much longer. Mm. But yeah, they're doing well. Um, Aston Villa drew 0 0 with Sunderland. Let's move briefly, quickly on from that one. Not much of note happened. Apart from a Jacarini miss. Oh, God. <laughs> that was terrible, oh, wasn't it? It was really bad. <laughs> I still don't know how he's managed to miss that. He's shinned it as well to make it even worse. Uh, all right, let's move on to Sunday's games. Uh, let's start with Hull 3, Liverpool 1, shall we? Because Hull have had quite a week. Their mental chairman... Slack. They've had quite a, a, quite a Sunday <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Well, yeah, they beat Liverpool 3-1. Started well, Jake Livermore and uh, Dave Mailer in a, a skirt-alone goal with uh, Gerrard getting one back for Liverpool, which is a very good result. But I want to talk more about their chairman, Colin, you've... You had some points about him this morning to us, didn't you? Well, it was it was captured by the Independent mm. uh, this morning, and uh, the background to the story is that Hull City FC are sort of slowly but surely changing into Hull City Tigers, possibly to become Hull Tigers, possibly to become Tigers. <laughs> okay. Um, now, a campaign movement has been started by the Hull City fans, and they're called City Till We Die because they want to keep the, the name City in in their team name. Um, this is what their, their owner is... is um, Asima Lam wants to get rid of, mm. and uh, he said uh, that his critics, this is a quote, <laughs> can die as soon as they want. <laughs> um, he's, he's, not making, he's, not, he's not making himself popular. Um, no. And he, and he threatened the fans as well, saying that if they don't want me to, to own the club, then I'll put it on sale tomorrow. On Gumtree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, handling the media and the fans from the campaign school of uh, chairmanship, isn't it? Or ownership. Talking to people like that. Well, where do we stand on a name change, though? I mean... I personally don't care. It's hilarious because it's not happened to my club. But if it happened to my club, I wouldn't really be disappointed because they'd still be the same club. 
Well, in in theory, we've sort of gone through it, but well, we we were lead city and they disbanded mm. because of financial irregularity. But let's talk, talk today of the Red Bull buying Leeds United, and if they yes. did, and if they become Red Bull Leeds, I don't care. They're still Leeds, still play at Ellen Road. It might be the Red Bull Arena, but it's still <laughs> the club. It's still the club. Even if they do get rid of all the history, that would be a bad idea. But apart from that. <laughs> I personally, I, I do like the keeping of, you know, the traditional names of mm. the teams, um, because I think over time they'll become more fashionable. I think there's a lot of sort of pressure to perhaps become a little bit trendy and follow the American model or like the rugby league model, mm. you know, which saw my local team Wakefield Trinity become the Wakefield Wildcats. <laughs> there's nothing wild or cattish <laughs> about Wakefield Wildcats. They're always bottom, <laughs> right? Um, but. Yeah, I think that over time, you know, the likes of a Sheffield Wednesday or a Plymouth Argyle, I think it that's going to be quite a sexy name. And I, I don't know, I've just I've just called Plymouth Argyle sexy. That that's that's all sorts of wrong. <laughs> but what do you think, Greg? What if uh, Pompey would get bought by a multi-billionaire and you want to change the name to I don't know Portsmouth Blues, the South Coast I'm... Warriors? I wouldn't really want to be called the Ports of Pirates or <laughs> anything. Just Portsmouth, Portsmouth will do. PFC, nice and simple. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see. Uh, it's the same to see because the whole city supporters. They're the ones who, in you know, if they have a couple of bad seasons, and suddenly they find themselves three nil down at home to Shrewsbury. <laughs> they're going to be the ones that are still there. Not this millionaire bloke and they'll still be the one you know putting up with the silly name and they're not even being consulted even though he promised that they would be mm. so I do do have some sympathy and I think it's something that if someone buys the club they do need to respect the history the name the supporters otherwise it's it's just all going to end up in tears which you can see it doing mm. at Hull well, well, there's an easy way around this, isn't it? Because any name change has to be ratified, well, in this case, by the Premier League. Yeah, so they've still got to agree to Hull City becoming Hull Tigers. Yeah, but they'd love that sort of thing, wouldn't they? The American model. They'd... Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you'd probably <laughs> think they'd lap it up. Yeah. It's yeah. the kind of thing they want to impl- implement themselves, but are scared to do it, probably. <clears throat> but anyway, that's a good win for Hull. Uh, let's move on to Tottenham 2, Manchester United 2. Back and forth game this one. Walker opened the scoring. Uh, Rooney equalised. Then Sandro put Tottenham back in the lead. And then Rooney again with a penalty. It's been a very good weekend for Arsenal, really, isn't it? Yeah, everyone other than Chelsea and mm. Man City have done them a favour. And it's kind of you can see them three, Chelsea, Arsenal and Man City perhaps, soon producing you know a breakaway pack. Mm. Yeah, they're, um, they're the three that have all got plus... Uh, double-digit goal differences as well. Yeah, so there's already... I mean, you did, without, without Sturridge, you can see Liverpool struggling a little bit because he's out for six to eight weeks mm. with, with an injury. And Although you can see Tottenham and Man United perhaps picking up points, like the likes of Everton, Newcastle, Southampton will probably um, you know, drop down towards mid-table where you'd think they'd be. Yeah. And then you've just got them three at the top who you can see 
Yeah, just perhaps don't... breaking away. Yeah, they'll pull away, won't they, towards the end of the season? I mean, between the two that you think could challenge them top three, there's already a, there's a three point gap. Yeah. And and if you add the goal difference into that, that's I mean Tottenham's goal difference is minus three, <laughs> and Man City's is twenty five. <laughs> yeah. And that's effectively three points, it's, isn't it? It's another point. Yeah. Isn't it so? I think as well, with the two goals from Rooney, it shows just how important it was to keep him. Mm. You know, before in in the summer, um, and also the other point I took away, I take away from this is that I think this this result was vital for AVB. Um, earlier this week, there was what seemed like a crazy article that appeared in the Guardian that said that he was on the brink, um, and then for him to come up against Manchester United, mm. you know, following the the mess that happened against City, you know, this this could have been a potential disaster for, for AVB. Um, so I think it's, um, it's well, if you believe the Guardian rumours, it's it's kept him in a job. Yeah, there was talk in one of today's papers that Tottenham had uh, sounded out a few replacements for him as well. Loudrup, we would say mm. It's ludicrous. Tender. I think it's ludicrous. It really is. Why give him all this money to spend if you're not going to give him at least a season to mould the team into the way he wants them? I think there's some sort of concern among Spurs fans is that they're not playing the Tottenham way. That They're actually a little bit boring to watch. Mm. Um, I don't know how true that is. Um, and Spurs have always been a sort of quite an exciting team to, to follow. But um, one rumour I heard following the West Ham match when they lost 3-0 mm. um, is that um, Daniel Levy, who bankrolls Spurs, was reported to have said, um, I didn't spend 110 million quid to get beat 3-0 by West Ham. <laughs> A little bit disparaging on West Ham there. But, <laughs> A little bit. You know, I, I get his point. He didn't really spend 110 million, though, did he? He sold bail for 90 Probably made a profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he tends to normally. <laughs> uh, the two goals from Rooney today have pushed him into uh, fifth in the overall Premier League goalscorers list, though. Just overtaken Robbie Fowler. How much? How many goals he got to go? Uh, he's one sixty-four. Shearer's got two sixty at the top. Uh, Lampard's next in his sights, one eighty-four. Henri uh, one seventy-five. Andrew Cole one eighty-nine, and then Shearer. The football he's playing at the moment, you you could see. Yeah, ninety six goals. Yeah, Rooney having a good season, and you know he can carry that on. Ignore the World Cup, <laughs> and uh, he's he's definitely shown the last couple of weeks what an important player he is for United. Oh yeah, they'd be much worse off, wouldn't they, if they'd actually sold him? It's just his drive, isn't it, more than his just ability to score goals. He just drags that team up sometimes. And leads into performances that don't really deserve a lot of the time. <laughs> well, well, you mentioned Bale as well, uh, very quickly, and Bale, we should probably know, um, scored his first hat trick for perfect Real Madrid. Hat-trick. Perfect hat trick. It was. Oh, was it a perfect one? I didn't know it, it was, was perfect. perfect. Yeah. Oh, wow. All tapping. <laughs> so he's doing the. Uh, he's, he's. No, that could be seen as a sign of improvement. He's not scoring all these thirty-yard. 
screamers that he had to for Tottenham. He's yeah. now adapted to the uh, Real Madrid style of play and he's getting in the box and he's finishing off moves. Yeah. Yeah, that's improvement. And and before we leave uh, this match, um, we probably should uh, congratulate uh, Ryan Giggs on his 60th birthday. <laughs> I, I think it's 60. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, no, he's, he's opinion he's... shared by Joey Barton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hit 40, he hasn't he? Yeah, what's Barton had to say, Greg? Oh, what hasn't he had to say? <laughs> um, let me just get it up. Yeah. It's one... he, he went on a bit of a rant. Yeah, it's 1,021 it's games, Ryan Giggs. Still going strong as well. Right. Giggs has done unbelievable to get to 40. Still a vital player for United. Some career he's had, the British Paolo Maldini. Still can't have him have him for getting up his brother's bird, though. <laughs> great, great player, but can't be doing that, no matter how much of a top player he is. Respect him as a player, but as a man, you know you don't do that to your own. He's a wrong one in my book. <laughs> and this is about halfway through. You can see he's getting slightly more... You know, he's getting angry with every tweet. So if you want to put Giggs on the penis pedestal then that's your right i'm merely pointing out what that what he did is as low as it gets he's a hundred times worse than john terry john terry has a blast of his mates birds when they split up not saying that's right but (laughs) (laughs) if you're thinking of having an eight-year affair with your brother's wife getting her pregnant and aborting that child allegedly is worse than jt's behavior then you need your head testing a hero gigs banging your brother's bird i don't care how good you are you, sir, or I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> All that from Jailbird, Joey Barton. Yes. <laughs> this is two hours before his QPR side lost. <laughs> yeah, probably should have been concentrating more on that, shouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Um, Man City took Swansea to school, really. 3 0. Negredo with another goal. And Nazri with two more. He's really starting to hit a bit of form as well. Uh, that moves their goal difference to 25 now. 25 points as well. It's just a completely different team when they play at the Etihad. Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. It really is. I don't know why, how a team can play so differently on the road than they do at home. I reckon they're sending a team of lookalikes. That would be difficult, though, with Jody and Lescott. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jolie Alescott, they still send him. <laughs> yeah, we can't get away with this one, Jolie, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go. But yeah, good win for City. Um, and then the final game of the weekend in the Premier League was Chelsea. Uh, they beat Southampton 3-1. Two second half, well, three second half goals. Uh, two straight from corners from Cahill and Terry. And then Denver Bar finished it off. But Jay Rodriguez scored off a wonderful assist from Michael Essien after 14 seconds. Something very close to that. You can really miss Essien putting through one on one with Kate, uh, with uh, Jack, and he was never going to miss him there. It's a good win for Chelsea, but I'll be honest, I fell asleep. It was boring. I turned off after 14 seconds. <laughs> I was like, "You're not doing this to me, Chelsea." <laughs> I've had enough of football by this point. <laughs> Did you see any of this, Colin? No, I didn't. Oh, you missed JT's 400th Premier League game. Capped with a goal. <laughs> Yeah, he seemed quite happy with it. But hey, it's, it's still, it's still, you know, um, a first-team player for Chelsea. You made some outrageous claims last week that he should be in the England team, didn't you? Um, and that, that England team would win the World Cup. 
I, I definitely said about England winning the World Cup. Um, <laughs> on the John Terry thing, this this was this related to Danny Mills, who said that the first thing Roy Hodgson should do, oh, yeah. um, after Germany was was called John Terry. Um, now I said that um, as an individual, yeah, he, you could you could do a job with John Terry in in the England team, but Roy Hodgson's the manager. He's moved on. Um, he's gone with his own choice pairing. Yeah, fine. Stick with that. What do you think, uh, Greg? There's two people that claimed that England would win the World Cup last week. One of them was Colin. The other one was James. Uh, we also had two shouts for Brazil and one for Spain. Who are you going for? I think we all know who I want to win the World Cup. <laughs> Is it those Japanese lads? Well, they're my second favourite <laughs> behind Belgium. But then it's Japan. They're my two favourite sides. I tell you what, Japan have had some good results recently. They have. They're um, really good results. Yeah. And if you look, they've got some decent players. Yeah. They've got Kawaga and um, Honda mm. in particular. Not bad. But yeah, no. Belgium for you, is it? Team, it's team, watching teams like that um, that are making me excited for the World Cup. Mm. Just on a, a Thursday afternoon, I can watch a game. <laughs> yeah, and it, like Japan, Chile or something. Yeah, and it would be brilliant. Yeah. It would be... That's the best bit about the World Cup. It'll be 4-3 and there'll be some wonderful goals. Yeah, and then I have to watch England. <laughs> on a pub, life out of you. Yeah, in a pub on a, <laughs> on a, a Monday night and I'm annoyed. Who, who would you go for, Ross? Personally, I'm going to go for Argentina. It's, I think, mm. would, how much would they enjoy sticking it to Brazil, winning it in Brazil? Messi's They've got to get this uh, Messi lad back, though. Yeah, well, he's having a nice break. You see, a lot of the England players are playing all season long I think this is a conveniently re- uh, in- convenient injury for Messi he, another another plus for Argentina is Aguero is looking a bit scary yeah. at the moment imagine what he'd do to our back four oh jeez imagine if, like, in a group stage game when he's just on the back of a good season mm. Aguero Messi in full form Tevez has not had a bad year against Cahill and Jagielka Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly no shouts from England for me anyway. Uh shall we talk some football league stuff? Adam's not let's. here. To, Adam's not here to poo poo it, so let's uh let's talk about it. should have made the whole podcast football league. <laughs> There's been quite a lot of sackings in the football league this this what this week. Not. I think Guy started it all off, didn't he, on Tuesday, Wednesday? Sorry? Guy Wyndham started it all off, didn't he? He he did Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Uh Started with uh, Portsmouth manager getting the uh, getting the sack after a, a, a horrible run of four defeats. That may not sound a lot, but it's the nature of the defeat. Yeah, one of your tweets was that these players are stealing a living. Oh, that was Tuesday night. I was right. You won the lot. You won the lot. You've got twenty minutes left. You're looking. You know, okay. Well, the second half, you're not doing too great. You're playing ten men. You, you, the, the opposition then have a man sent off <laughs> with uh, twenty minutes left, and you think, right, one the up, playing ten men. You, you think this is in the bag. Yeah. Uh, five minutes later, we're two one down, <laughs> and I, I literally have no idea how this happened. <laughs> it was just diabolical again. I, I literally, I thought. I, I'm in the middle of my dissertation at the moment and it's a bit stressful and I spent all day reading books on feminist theory yes. and that had done my head in so I thought right I'll go to Fratton Park for an evening to 
<laughs> relax me and by, by full time I wish I'd just stayed at home and <laughs> read some read more. more yeah read some more definitely <laughs> more <laughs> well yeah we'll come on to Pompey's weekend game uh, yeah. a bit later on um, well this evening Dave Jones has been sacked by Sheffield Wednesday and yesterday David Flickcroft was sacked by Barnsley uh, the bottom two teams in the championship so probably fair enough I mean Dave there Jones were... has been hanging on for a long time yeah. to that job were... it's unlike Milan Mandrick to have <laughs> yeah. a couple of chances yeah he normally pulls that trigger pretty quick there was a couple of other dismissals as well, wasn't there? Oh, was there a bit Richie more? Bar- Richie Barker oh, yeah. left Crawley, Crawley over yeah. a bit of dispute over budget cuts. Oh. And um, um, Sean O'Driscoll got the got the boot from Bristol City to their horrendous start to the season. Yeah, I was talking to my boss about this at work. They should be doing a lot better than they are. 23rd? Yes, <laughs> they had a horrendous start. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you've still obviously got um, Scunthorpe looking for a manager, although they're winning every game four 0 at the moment. Yeah, whoever's in charge at the minute is doing a fairly decent job. There's lots of lots of football league jobs going on at the moment. Mm. There's lots of managers that uh, lots of uh, clubs that seem to think uh, Steve Cottrell is the answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's um, favourite for he's big favourite for the Bristol City job. Yeah, and he's also favourite for the Wednesday job now as well. But what he's second favourite for the Crawley Town job. But who, who's favourite for the Crawley Town job? Have a guess without looking on Skybet. Please tell me it's Neil Warnock. It's a, no, it's a oh. brilliant name. A real blast from the past. <laughs> a mediocre manager. Alan Kerbishley. No, it is the one and only John Gregory. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Didn't he go to the Middle East or something after he left? Uh... I, think it, I think he had to. <laughs> Managerial spells. John Gregory, Jesus. Yeah. Who's the Who's the current favourite for the uh, Portsmouth job? Uh, it's Richie Barker. He's big favourite. Uh, you You pro- well reportedly approached Oxford's for Chris Wilder yesterday, didn't you? Yes. Which I'm not sure how much you can read into that because you'd have to pay compensation, mm. and I'm not entirely sure we're allowed to. Yeah, we had me and Colin had quite a discussion about this yesterday. <laughs> we won't go into it now, but. Yeah, I think Greg maybe you're right on that one. I think yeah. Well, we I think we can, but we the football league would then withhold our golden share, mm. at the end of the season. which is needed, isn't it, to yeah. pay off former players? Uh, Stuart yeah. Pearce is currently favourite for the Sheffield Wednesday job. Decanio, um, Decanio's there. Appleton's there, of course. Appleton was with Mandrick yesterday. Oh really? In the um, in the uh, directors' lounge at Stonefield Road. Appleton's. Read what into that. What you will. He's also second favourite for the Bristol job. Um, he must be in the running for the Crawley job as well. Let me have a look. No, he's not in that one. He's obviously shunned Crawley. He doesn't want that he's, job. Uh, there was rumours that on Tuesday night he phoned up Portsmouth <laughs> and uh, he was told where to go. Yeah, tail firmly between his legs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get some into some Championship action from the weekend. They got quite a lot of um, upsets. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the first one really is uh, Doncaster Rovers mm. beating QPR. Yeah, two one. Yeah, Charlie Austin again with the QPR goal, but wasn't enough today. Fullback Paul Quinn scored the goal, for, the winning goal for them. Yeah, fully deserved by uh, Doncaster as well, and that's that's helped them out um, no end because that's put them in uh, 18th place, so they're on 19 points now. Mm. Um, 
So that's taking them away from the drop zone. Yeah, they're doing just enough to survive, aren't they, in the minute? Um, Yeovil 3, Watford 0. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, well, I don't know. I thought that the result that they got against Forest when they beat Forest was a, a one-off. Mm. Um, and I, I know that when Yeovil played Leeds, I didn't think Yeovil were all that. Um, I didn't think they had enough strength and depth. Um, but then they've gone and beat Watford 3-0. And... Comfortably. I know I had in my mind the post bet I had a Watford win mm. because it was at Watford. Um, no, didn't see this one coming. And I and I think uh, Watford uh, stuttering a little bit at the moment. Tenth in the table. Yeah, and uh, I think that the Watford owners, the the the, the Potsy family, uh, were looking for uh, this year as a potential step up to the Premier League. Yeah, they were. So they're not going to. Yeah. So Gianfranco Zola's got to got to find out what the problem is and, and turn this around quickly. I think. Yeah, he could be on his way. I think very soon. Um, Leicester, top of the table now, three 0 win over Millwall. It's just all going very well for them. They just keep just keep winning every week. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Leicester? I mean, I think they've spent big. I think they've got quite a high uh, wage bill on that team. Um, so I think financial fair play, uh, a fine maybe coming their way for next season, but. Yeah, Did Nigel Pearson's just doing what he needs to do. Yeah, didn't even need the Nuge to score any goals yesterday either. Did it without even getting on the score sheet. Uh, Perhaps, well, I mean, what what's helped them as well, Ross, is uh, is Burnley, who were top of the table, drawing against Huddersfield. Yeah. I mean, again, nobody... And, I mean, th- the best thing from this game was, uh, was a goal from Oliver Norwood, mm. who scored for Huddersfield. Um, there, there was... The corner was taken. Everybody was in the box. Oliver Norwood wasn't. He was just sort of standing just away from the box. Ball gets passed straight to him. Um, and he volleys it straight into the goal. <laughs> it takes a little bit of a deceptive bounce in front of the keeper. You could argue the keeper should have done a little bit more. But I thought that was a great goal. Yeah. Probably the goal of the weekend, I think, in the, well, in the championship, definitely. <clears throat> um, this weekend, I think. Didn't manage to beat Blackburn, did we? No. Um, I think I've seen a lot of people, the feedback I've seen is, has been negative on Leeds. I don't think it should be too negative on Leeds. It was a, it was a drab match, uh, but I think you've got to give kudos to, to Blackburn, who I think had done their homework on Leeds. They knew exactly how they were going to play, um, and they just nullified the threat. Mm. And everybody knows, you know, you keep Ross McCormack quiet, you keep Leeds United quiet. Yeah. That's where the goals come from for Leeds. Um, and Ross McCormack didn't have a sniff. And uh, Leeds had opportunities. You know, there's a great chance for Danny Pugh, but um, he... He's gone back to villain number one, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he should have done better, but, you know, I've seen worse goals missed. Luke Varley um, started, strangely, rather than Matt Smith. Yeah, I think Dexter Blackstock uh, got a... An, his uh, knee became inflamed on the Friday. Uh, so they decided to go with... Uh, Luke Varney, which I don't mind because I quite like Luke Varney, but again, there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount he could do. No. Um, I don't think with the service that he was getting. Another another result for me though that um, I just wanted to point out, Ross, would be yeah. Barnsley nil, Birmingham three, mm. uh, which ultimately did the damage for David Flitcroft, who was sacked after the match. Yeah. Um, but one thing that 
I did spot in that game was was one of the most terrible dives I've ever seen from Zigic. <laughs> it was appalling, wasn't it? it was, there, there was nobody was near him, <laughs> and and the referee's given it. I mean, how it could have seen something that didn't happen, I don't know. It wasn't your um, friend, was it? I don't know who it was, but um, it it was a terrible dive. And then to top it all off, I think Zigic got the next goal. Oh. Um. I think they got a penalty, scored that, and then the next goal from open play came from Zigic. Just to rub it in a bit more. I'm interested to know where Kevin Friend was this weekend because his punishment was to come and referee some football football league games. That's fair to football league clubs. Get the shit referees in the Premier League. Uh, League One. Coventry had a good win. They're doing well. Up into uh, 11th place now. There was um, 7,000 travelling fans. Bloody hell. From the yeah. commentary there, and they um it was Chris McGuire who scored a few spectacular goals at Lonesville at Portsmouth a couple of um years ago. Scored two absolutely fantastic free kicks in the last five minutes. Oh really? And yeah, the second one especially was of a really high quality. Mm. And they've got put you know players like him and alongside Callum Wilson, mm. and you know they're a they're a good entertaining side and. It would be nice to see a club like Coventry, with all their trials and tribulations off the pitch, move, you know, continue their good form on it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. that that seven thousand fans stat, by the way, Greg, is is really interesting because what really puts it in perspective is that obviously they're playing their games at Northampton Town, they're playing the games at the Sixfield Stadium. Yeah. So that's essentially their home ground now. Um, their last home game at the Sixfields. Um, there was 1,961 fans. <laughs> wow. So to put, put it in perspective, you know, the 7,000 that they took to MK Dons. Yeah, almost, yeah, more than trebles their uh, average home of gates, apparently, according to the BBC website. Fair play to them. That's, that's the real hardcore fans, isn't it? The ones that go away yeah. journeys. Yeah. Um, Peterborough got a, a good win for them. They've managed to beat Wolves 1-0. Keep them in that race for the promotion. It's, it's pretty close up there. Uh, Leighton Orient at 43, Wolves at 43, then Preston, Brentford both from 37, and Peterborough at 35. It's going to be an interesting... Uh, There's a lot of sides that could make an impression on that league. And you've got teams like Swindon who are putting a, lot, a good run together, Coventry, mm. who would be um, who would be sixth if it wasn't for their um, deduction. Yeah. So you've got, you know, nine or eight teams there who could you could conceivably see going up. Mm. At the end of the season. Hilariously, you got Sheffield United in 20th place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and pretty think you've got Sheffield United and Bristol City in the bottom five places of, yeah. the, of the third tier of English football. Mental. That really is. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, League Two then. Um, Oxford maintained their lead at the top with a one-all draw with Fleetwood away. That's not a bad result, really. Uh, Dave Kitson rescued a point for them. Former Pompey legend. <laughs> legend might be quite a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scunthorpe continue their recent really good run. Beat Torquay 3-1. They're fourth. Yeah. That happened. They, <laughs> what, what did they sat their manager for? <laughs> yeah, they've they shot won their last, the table. They, they won, I think, 4-0 away at Rochdale who were, during the week who were, were top of the league a couple of weeks ago. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous, this league. They're level on points at Rochdale now. Literally everyone beats everyone. <laughs> And everyone beats Portsmouth. <laughs> Four points between first and ninth. 
That gap isn't yeah. closing. Oh, it's not getting any wider either. Oh. <laughs> it's like you've got... If you look, you've got Dagger and Redbridge who are in ninth, who conceivably could be second <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, you may be on a really bad run of form, but you get a new manager in and we'll put a few wins together. You'd be back in the playoff hunt in no time at all. Yeah. Ludicrous division, absolutely mental. On 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 that point though, on Portsmouth, I mean, Greg, if money was no option, who would you choose as your new manager? Oh, well. <laughs> I don't think well, okay, well, would like to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if if you okay, well let's let's be reasonable then. Same money, money is an option. Adoption, yeah. Yeah. Um, personally, I think looking at all the candidates available, you'd probably say that Barker is the the best choice. I think he's you know he was quite an aggressive centre forward when he played. He was, mm. and we you know we need someone who can. Get installed a bit of discipline in this squad, who shouldn't be a bad squad or a bad set of players, but no. And I think if you look at his track record, he did well with Berry, who um, our chief executive gave him his first job there at Berry, and he got him promoted, and then finished mid table with him in his first season of League One on a fairly modest budget. Mm. And you know he's kept cruelly mid table, and I think Portsmouth is a good job for someone because we're probably a, a couple of leagues lower than what we should be. I mean, we get, we've got a average, higher average attendance than most championship clubs. Mm. And I think if someone with ambition um, who you know, could take us on as a project, I think it would be a good job for someone. And I think Barker, probably, out of all the candidates, probably the, the best suited. What about uh, Stuart Pearce? He needs to rebuild yeah. his reputation a bit. He definitely well, instill think- some... Uh... Fighting the players, wouldn't he? I think he's favourite for the Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, you probably see him on the back of having a job like the England under twenty one, not not dropping lower than the Championship. Mm. It's a shame that because there's um job. there's not too many other names in that list that are really in, uh, inspiring confidence. I, I wouldn't be a massive fan of Stuart Pearce to be honest at a lower league club because I think he might suffer from Roy Keane syndrome where he struggles as a manager mm. with players who are inadequate or, or not as good to be as he was yeah. um, and struggles to understand why they keep making mistakes. I think that was always a problem with Roy Keane. Mm. Um, and I don't think Stuart Pearce filled himself with glory the way he bowed out of the England under-21s and some of the things he said either. The whimper. Yeah. Well, yeah, looking at the Pompey list, you've got Barker, Wilder, Martin Allen, David Connolly, Mikey Harris... You got Warnock, Edinburgh, Orford. It's not a massively inspiring list, is it? No. I mean, Decanio's in there. Long shot. Ian Holloway. Long shot. I mean, most of them are former players or people who are already at the club. It's the odd one. No. Yeah, you were a fan of getting someone experienced in alongside or, or David Connolly alongside, weren't you? Well, yeah. Then, then you read a lot of talk on around that. All the players hate Conley. Oh, really? Yeah. And <laughs> he'd be the first person to lose the dressing room before getting the job. And you read things like that, and it's all oh, maybe it wouldn't be such a good idea. But there's, mm. there's, he's, Conley will definitely be a manager one day. And yeah. I have no doubt it'll probably be a good one. But it's, uh, it, it, I don't envy the board because you know, they've had a lot of applicants 
and mm. um, just they've got they've got to it's, you judge a board on who they appoint. Sacking a manager is easy, yeah. but who they appoint really say a lot about their intentions. That's what I personally think Barker will probably be the most you know ambitious and mm. aggressive one. Well, it's, just, it's got to be the right decision, isn't it? Because I mean, a, a continuing a bad run. You're only six points off the bottom of the table. Exactly. It's yeah. It's got to be the right choice this time. And I think that's what lost Whittingham's job. Because mm. I think we suddenly started looking over our shoulders instead of what's in front of us. Mm. As soon as that happened, you know, you get on a slippery slide, and there needed to be a change. Yeah. I think Guy Whittingham's problem is that he was spending. Not enough time on the training pitch and too much time in, in roosters meeting fans <laughs> like you, Greg. Yeah. In a chicken restaurant. Yeah. That that one day in pre season. He'll always have that memory. Cost, cost him his job. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think with that's pretty much England rounded up. Um, should we talk about some betting that we have upcoming this week? Yeah. Uh no one had any wins last week, did they? Unless James has came in, I think everyone else has failed. James had Millwall, Norwich and Ipswich. Millwall lost, Norwich won. Doesn't matter about Ipswich. Ipswich won. Oh, unlucky James, Millwall let you down. Um, well, the table as it currently stands, Colin, your top was £6. Uh, James is in second, minus 37. Gregor in third, and minus 70. Tom is on fourth, and minus 81. I'm in fifth, on minus 110. And Adam, you're in last place, minus 160. Uh, so we'll start at the bottom. Um, who's done a bet for Adam this week? I've done a bet for Adam. Shoot. Uh, it's a simple double uh, in the Premier League. In the games on Wednesday, Liverpool to beat Norwich and Newcastle United, even though they're away, to beat Swansea. £10 returns £44. Oh, nice. I like that. Uh, I'm in... Second to last place, so I'll go next. I've gone for midweek Premier League games as well. Um, I've just gone for a four-team accumulator with Arsenal, Man City, Spurs and Chelsea to win. I'm banking on City really breaking their away form. Uh, And those four returns me £50. Uh, Tom's in fourth. Greg, you've done a bet for Tom, haven't you? I've gone for... uh, Tom's bet this week is Southampton to beat... Aston Villa by three or more goals at four to one. <laughs> That's very likely as well. So uh, good luck, Tom. <laughs> uh, and then your bet, Greg, you're in third. I have gone for um, uh, Tottenham to beat Fulham on Wednesday, Brighton to beat Barnsley on Tuesday, and Port Vale to beat Salisbury on Friday, and that returns forty-one pounds sixty-two pence. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, James is in second place, and I have done a bet for him, um, and that will be for Crystal Palace to score first in uh, the game against West Ham on Tuesday night. Uh, £10 there returns £21. And Colin, top of the table. Well, well since uh, it was St Andrew's Day this weekend, it's it's only right that I go north of the border uh, for my bets. I've gone for a treble. Um, I've gone for my uh, old favourites, <laughs> the old firm, if you like. I've gone for Rangers to beat Forfar. I've gone for Celtic to beat Motherwell, and Rangers at the weekend to beat Air. Ten pounds 
Returns are very modest. Nineteen pounds and a penny. That's all you need. Top of the table. Just keep consolidating. I think it's what you did last season. I'm sticking with the plan. <laughs> consistency, consistency, consistency. <laughs> if, if only I could say the same thing about Watford, I'd have been even better <laughs> off. But uh... yeah. Well, that's a, I like that bit anyway. Um, unfortunately, there's no ballers this week. Uh, it's as much as we enjoy doing it and as much as we enjoy playing it, it's a hell of a lot of work. So it's now going to become a, a fortnightly quiz. Sorry, Greg, I know it's the highlight of your week. I know, I'm so gutted. <laughs> um, so yeah, that will return next week and then every other week after that. So that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Um, yeah, it does. Um, so have we got anything to plug, Colin, Greg? We got to. You're doing your dissertation, Greg, aren't you? So, yeah, I'm busy. locked away. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to plug on, on my part, Ross? No. Will you be live tweeting the house move and everything? That'd be funny. <laughs> Colin's move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Um, Do it for the Man of the Post account, like some sort of um, transfer deadline day live move. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Stay tuned for that one. Give some videos of your wife outside the new house with the microphone and some twats stabbing behind her. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not doing anything in this next coming week apart from playing my new Xbox One. So uh, I'll be locked away as well, Greg, but having probably a bit more fun than you. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> so all that pretty much leaves me to say is uh, thank you for listening and make sure you come back next week. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. And goodbye from Greg. See you later. And always remember, have your man on the post. <laughs>